I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. What's up, you guys? Hey, uh, <laughs> hey, everybody. My <laughs> All right, you guys. Welcome to the AfterBuzz After Show Season 3, Episode 3. I am your host. Erica Edwards, and <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry, I'm looking, but I don't, whatever. Okay, I'm your host, Erica Edwards, but I couldn't do it without the crew, so give it up for all of the other fabulous panelists. So right now, give it up, you guys, for uh, the original OG, Lauren Hubbard. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> give it up for Kitty Kaboom coming to you what? live from the pool. Baby. <laughs> hey guys, good to be here. So glad to be back for another week. Yeah, she's living her best quarantine life. Amen. Right. Amen. <laughs> and give it up to the one and only the man with the mental cuisine, Chef B. Oh, hey, what's up, y'all? I didn't even know y'all was there. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know y'all was there today. Oh, what's up? Oh my God. <laughs> Okay, well, it was good to know I wasn't the only one. All right. Um, <laughs> all right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us for episode three, the after show of The Shy. So let's start it off as we always do with an overview. And I actually really enjoyed this episode. I'm kind of feeling this season, I'm not going to lie, but that's just me. So let's start it off with you, Lauren. What were your thoughts overall of the episode? Overall, I liked it. I think we got to see um, every character in this episode and got their story pushed along a little bit. I do think, think that um, the season's moving a little slower than I like, but I do appreciate, as Kitty and you, Erica, have both mentioned, the writers. Um, I do like the, the change of tone they're giving us, but it, it could be picked up just a little bit. Pick up the pace. <laughs> All right, uh, Mr. Beans, what are your thoughts? Um, this episode was cool. Uh, back to what I was talking about last uh, after show, as far as like the multiple storylines, uh, I guess we're still trying to tie some loose ends, but the tempo just isn't really doing it for me like that. I, I don't know. Okay. I'm hoping that we find Homegirl next episode because it's like, I, I, I don't know. I guess I see what they're trying to do because no more, a lot, a lot of times when women are abducted, of course they're not found overnight. There is some time that goes by, but I guess we're just going to have to wait and see how this is unraveled. All right. True, true. All right, Kitty Kaboom, what do you think? I love it. I love it. I'm here for all of it. I'm so grateful as we continue to say, my assumption is the writers have changed. I don't know that for a fact, but I do like the tone. I like the direction. I actually like the pace that it's in. The buildup is awesome for me. Like it keeps me on the the edge of my seat to see what really is going to happen next. And I feel like last season, I was just like, whatever happens, it's going to be the same, whatever happened last week. So I don't know. And it doesn't feel that way at all. Like, I'm like, oh gosh, I can't. And, and, oh, well, I won't drop that. Yeah, it feels good. I like it. (laughs) Well, cool, cool, cool. All right, you guys, just in case you don't know, as always, we have our special segment. We have news and gossip. So stay tuned, kicking it with us until the end. Um, For me, what I am liking about this, even though the pace is slower, I feel like the writers are doing a little bit of a better job than with character development. Because I felt in the past, some characters, like, I'm almost starting to like Ronnie right now. So I'm starting to actually, what? I know, cray cray, who thought? But I I'm actually, it. I feel like they're really trying to make more of an effort to kind of make these characters a little bit more three-dimensional. So yeah. even though it's a slower pace, like, I'm caring a little bit more than I used to. I'm not even going to lie. Um, so oh. that being said... Let's talk about um, the young boys. Let's talk about Jake. Let's talk about Jake and Kevin and and their search for Keisha and how he kind of goes about sort of, you know, on one hand, we have Dre and Nina and kind of their search for Keisha. And then we have the kids and their search for Keisha. So let's take it with that. 
So let's start off with Chef B. How did you feel about Jake calling on Trig to help him out to get to get that gangster love so he could go in and really help find Keisha? I thought that was a good idea on Jake's end because though Jake is still indifferent about how he feels about his brother, of course he got stories that he's heard, and I'm not sure if he's even really feeling the relationship that he's in, but they're a problem solver. And as kids, we know growing up in the inner city, you grow up fast. So like Lena's not trying to show the cops, we see people trying to take things into their own hands. I feel like it was a great option for Jake to go about it that way. I agree. And I think it was interesting to see how Trig initially responded to it. So Lauren, what are your thoughts sort of on that? On, you know, he's trying to get back in good with Jake, but in the beginning, initially, his whole thing is like, if you ain't family, I'm not helping you. What are your thoughts on that response? You know, I kind I mean, I don't live that life at all, but I understand where he's coming from in the sense that, you know, he's a gangster. He he may or may not run his own drug, whatever. But you you don't just come in someone else's territory and point guns at people looking for a sister. You have absolutely no idea who she is. And you don't know who this little boy is in the back of your car. So I get his hesitation at first. But then um, definitely when Jake was like, well, this is my family. That's when, you know, he was kind of like, well, this is my brother. I, I kind of have to help him out. So I definitely understood where he was coming from. And Kitty, your thoughts? On which subject? That one? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, because you gave them both a different subject. I wasn't sure which one you wanted me to go with. Um, go with yeah, them both, I, babe. <laughs> I, listen, I, I'm all about loyalty. I think it's super important to show, especially just as um, Beans mentioned in, um, in the hood, you know, loyalty is pretty much everything because that's all you have. Currency isn't really abundant. Um, you know, it's not like you out there, you own land and shit. So to be able to say that I got your back is super important in the event that something goes down. So I think that's really dope that he was able to claim that man as family. I don't care what they go through. They are really like brothers. They are thick and thin, the three of them. And I love that they, you know, show up for each other and try to help each other out by any means necessary. And the fact that Trig was like, you know, I ain't doing shit. I mean, he's a, th he's a gangster. Like, what are you supposed to say? Oh, your sister's missing. Okay, I got you, little man. Like he don't know that man. Like what, right. you know, so his hesitation didn't surprise me. Um, but I'm glad that he did decide to go in and do it. But I can't wait to see what the repercussions of that are gonna be because we know they're gonna be some. You know what I'm saying? You got this man tied up talking about we don't want no problem. Bruh, you don't know if you created problems. So I don't know what's gonna happen in terms of that backlash, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, I agree. Uh, I do feel like I love seeing Jake and Kevin and their relationship and that bond, even in the new school. I'm liking that a lot. Uh, and it's interesting, I think this whole dynamic where this show is showing sort of um, almost as if, uh, I mean, I guess we pull it together at the end, but initially there's a lot of time showing that the community doesn't really care about Keisha in the beginning. And, um, and that goes from Trig throughout you know, kind of people's responses to the flyers. And I'm not sure if I feel in my heart, I'm from Chicago, I don't really feel like it's like that. But um, it was an interesting portrayal as far as we all know how young black women are treated in the media when we're snatched up or whatever. And so it's nice to see the people in the community, I guess, fighting for that, the few people that there are. Um, so now one of the things that I found interesting is so Trig does again agree to do it. And let's talk a little bit more about Trig and Imani because I do feel like their relationship is uh, kind of something that's new and uh, not, not one that we see very often on TV, but it is starting to come out more and more. And it's interesting to see that dynamic. So uh, let's take it with you, Lauren. What do you feel about um, kind of Craig and Almani going in together as the dynamic duo to sees his bodyguard to uh to go to yeah. the um, to the whole house or the crack house right? or the whatever house yeah that was definitely I thought that was yeah I definitely thought that was interesting it was like Bonnie and Clyde style you know they had each other's back but I felt like it was a bit unrealistic for just it to be those two come in and 
you know, strap up five guys in the trap house. That didn't really seem too realistic to me. But just focusing on um, Trig and Imani, I think that was a cute little scene. It's And it was kind of like, you know, I got you, you got me. But he did have to pull her back at one point and be like, focus on our mission. This is not what we came for. So I think that's going to play more into her backstory. And I think we're going to learn a little bit more about her and what she went through. Because I just kind of got vibes like she might have been in this position at one point. And maybe Trig saved her. I don't know. Very true. I'm, I could be reaching, but you know. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Uh, reaching I for agree. the stars. Oh, oh, so I get you raising your hand because you can go next, babe. <laughs> what are your thoughts about uh, Bonnie and Clyde or Trig and Amani as they take over the trap house or the crack house or the hoe house or whatever you would like to call it? No, uh, absolutely. I kind of feel the same way Lauren did. Like these two people just ran into this fort, tied up everybody, and they were moving at a pretty slow tempo trying to find Keisha. Like, oh, is she in this room? Is she behind door number two? Door number three? No, it 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 seemed a little unrealistic, but whatever. We're not going to dive too much into that. Um, I'm noticing that Trig still has a soft spot for her because Trig is like this super, I'll pull a gun out on you, shoot whoever. But as soon as he starts seeing his girl get emotional, that's when you're like, oh, babe, come on. Like, come on, we got to stay focused. I'm, I'm noticing that vulnerable side of him with it. So we still have some more unraveling to do, but I'm noticing he definitely has a, a weak spot for her. So this, is, this, this episode showed the most chemistry that we've seen prior to the first two episodes. You know what's so funny about that? Men and women and perception. I don't, I can't speak for all women, obviously, but it's interesting that you say that, Beans, because from day one, I saw the chemistry. Like, obviously, they hyped it up this season. I mean, um, this episode, which was dope, had them slow dancing and staring into each other's eyes and, you know, obviously, like, playing up their love for each other. But from day one, anything that she says, he'd be like, okay. Anything from day one, I was able to see that he really, really digs this broad. And then for them to go to the gay bar and that whole interaction, when they even parted ways and she was like, if you hate them, then you don't love me. He was, he was sick. Like, babe, don't think that when I see you, I see all women. I love you. I, you know, I'm not deterred by any of this stuff, but he's having a hard time reconciling, you know, the whole gay aspect of the trans. I get that part. But for me personally, and I maybe again, that's just because I'm a chick. I mean, you know, that's the thing that we, we kind of tune into. We're more emotional creatures. That's what I noticed from day one, that all she had to do was say jump. And that brother was like, how high, baby? I love you. Whatever you say. Very true. Very true. Uh, one of the things I found interesting is, so when they go into this house, um, you know, I mean, I was kind of flumping, but it clearly seems to be some sort of house where they're clearly trafficking or they're running these girls, what it appears to be as prostitutes. So the question to me that I found kind of disconcerting is, so is Keisha dating a pimp? You know what I'm saying? Like that is kind of, I think the allegation that they're putting out there that maybe he turned her out some kind of way, because why is her boyfriend living in this like basically a whole house and right. one of the lines that I found really touching was when they first go into the house and the girl is like if she's here it's not because she wants to be right. and so I was like dang you know because wasn't that where she's headed so Lauren let's start with you we spent a lot of time in this episode or sometime I should say not only do we see this whorehouse or whatever but we find out about Frinsta and these racy pictures that Keisha has been posting under her real Instagram page. And so there's kind of like this kind of line where it's like, okay, is she really fast? Is she really sort of running with this sort of crowd because she wants to? Uh, what are your thoughts on kind of one, you know, the whole house and this whole sort of side persona of Keisha that we're not aware of? I definitely think Keisha is fast. Um, she was dating the track coach who was married, right? Wasn't he married or he had a girlfriend, something like that? Um, regardless, you know, he was maybe 10, 15 years older than her and she's in high school. So I think that was kind of our first kind of hint there, like, oh, Keisha's a little fast. 
um, regardless of whatever picture she's posting though, I don't, I think maybe that may how they may, that may have been how she got involved with the so-called pimp, but I really, Keisha doesn't seem to me to be the girl who would just like hoe herself out and let a bunch of guys have sex with her. So maybe she was being spoiled by the pimp and maybe he's going to try, he was going to try and turn her out later. I don't know. I just, I don't want to believe Keisha would do it, but I think she willingly went to that house. She was excited, you know, she was dressed up and she was saying how she couldn't wait to see him. So I think she definitely willingly went there. All right, Kitty, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I love the question. So I'd like to give credence to what could have, could have, would have, should have. But I think for me, it's more important to focus on the fact that that was an excellent way for Lena to introduce what's happening right now in today's society, which is focusing on things that have nothing to do with the big picture, right? Like, I mean, if we made that comparison in like this whole era and this movement of BLM, it's very easy for people um, that are not people of color. I guess that would be only white folks, white people that make statements like, you know, I, I'm all down for BLM and I stand beside in solidarity and I'm with you. But I just saw that guy steal some jeans. So I don't know. Okay, what's happening right now? So you're not with the movement of Black people not being killed in the street because he stole some jeans? Girl, focus. This is not what this is about. And if you're that easily disillusioned, then you're not with us. So it kind of reminds me of that. If you're so concerned with what this girl was doing while she was here with us, as opposed to making sure that she's still alive and on this earth and comes back to her home where her mom and her family love and miss her, then you're missing the point. It doesn't matter what she did, who she was, just like the stepmom said. I don't care if there was a picture of her with a dick in her mouth. That's not the issue. The issue is that this girl is gone. She's missing and she could very well be dead. And that just, n nothing she did on this earth, unless she killed somebody else. And then there's a question of morality, but whatever. The point is that it's not about that. And we shouldn't be focusing, in my opinion, on not us, but I'm just saying the people, right. mm -hmm. that element of it, when in fact there's a bigger fish to fry and that is her life that kind of matters right. the fact that she was but like so that's kind of like when people say oh she dressed like it so she wanted it exactly. but that's exactly. not the truth I right i agree and although i do feel like what uh lena is getting at are two different things here which actually i mean as much as i love the writing they have a tendency to do that i think one is the issue of is she fast and posting pictures or whatever. Because when we saw the pictures, I mean, it's showtime. They could have shown more than they actually did. We've certainly seen more. So the pictures didn't seem like they were that big of a deal. You might not want your mama to see them, but they didn't seem that horrific. And even though she dated the older guy, I do feel he was somewhat of a predator or whatever. To me, she hasn't really come all out as being the total hoe or whatever. So I totally agree with Kitty in that. Um, the way the moms reacted because she posted some racy pictures, even though they knew their children had done bad and been murdered or whatever, I totally agree that that is sort of kind of that thin line distinction people made between who is going to be the face of a movement or the face of, you know, who is worthy to be searched for because of how they look or how they dress. But I do feel like another issue that she's getting at with the whole trap house and with the uh, Keisha being dressed like a prostitute is the one of sex trafficking, which is one that I think is honestly one that's growing more and more in the black community and not one that we as people of color are always so quick to talk about. So, uh, you know, so I think that whole sort of dynamic on both of those issues is doing a lot, but uh, she is trying to sort of tie them together in a very interesting way. Um, so let's move on to something a little bit more fun since we're still talking about Kev here. Let's talk about Kev and um, bougie ass Gemma. So on that, I think <laughs> we're going to have Chef Beans talk on what it's like to kind of see Kev, you know, coming at this, you know, <laughs> queen. Meanwhile, Jake is like, that bee is crazy. What are your thoughts on uh, Kev's new love interest? Oh, I love Not no, I thought I thought it was very I thought it was very cool to see on camera because we see now that Kev is at a new school where there's only a small percentage of black people, but to have 
this young black woman, check him. Number one, half his back in class. Let's start there. She had his back. Then in the hallway, she still held him accountable. Like, look, we got to be twice as good. It sucks. It's unfortunate, but we have to do better. I even thought it was very realistic to know Kev got caught rubbing one out. Because when we, when, we, <laughs> when we that age, you feel me? When we, like, learning our bodies, you feel like that's, that's things that, like, younger boys do. So I thought it was very cool. I'm interested to see how it transpires. Because I'm not sure if she's from the South Side as well. The way she... The, the way she came at him, she wasn't this bougie black chick when she was holding him accountable. But right. you feel me? It's 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 all young, young black love interest. But that was good for Kevin. She might be the one to kind of get them together. So I I enjoyed that. And did I? I thought it was super cool. I honestly went to a school with quite a few white people, so I know how it is to feel like you have to overdue and outshine uh so lauren what are your thoughts about kev and Gemma? and for that matter uh Maisha and big papa he also got his little love interest on while we were during this episode what are your thoughts um i completely agree with chef beans about uh kev and Gemma. i thought i loved it 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 she's holding him accountable which women Yes, I love it when they hold men accountable because mm, I was watching another show and she didn't hold her man accountable. I'm like, why? Because if you're not going to, they're going to repeat the pattern. But anyways, um, I thought it was a cute, playful scene too because, you know, she walked away like, yeah, I'm the shit. And she has a little smirk on her face. So I think it's going to be a little playful crush going on there. And I'm all here for it, here for the natural hair. Yes, sis. And the, then the Africa um, earrings. Yes. yes. So <laughs> I also obviously love Big Papa. He's hilarious. Um, and I I think it's interesting though that he's at a different school now. You can kind of you. It's like we see less of him, and I want to see more of him. But um, I think it's cute that they he's still pursuing my Isha. He I love the fact that he had um, brought her breakfast. And he even said, look, girls are going missing. I'm going to walk you to school. And she's like, what's she going to do for me? But he has that sense of protection for her. And I absolutely love it. And Big Papa all day. I'm here for them. I'm here for both of them. Make me a sandwich in the morning. always been that way, though, right? Like, did you, I kind of expected him to do that. He's the red carpet guy. He's the, you know, cross my T's and dot my I's guy. He's the make sure that everybody's okay. Are you in a good space? How are you feeling about this? He's always been the most mature of the three, no question. And he's always been the most, in my opinion, the kindest, the most generous. And I think that has a lot to do with being a PK kid. You know, when you are a preacher's kid, it's understandable that you're going to hopefully hone some of those values that your family um, is in trying to instill in you you know be kind to people care about someone other than yourself mentor to people um give of yourself be selfless those kind of things I love seeing Papa too because he always shows up as that person so it's so dope and for the record that was a little smirk that she gave but it's so dope to have these conversations with you guys because we all have different interpretations I saw that smirk as I looked back I looked him in his eye. Clearly, he liked what he see. So, hey, boo, hey. Just, <laughs> I checked so he respects me. And he watching me walk away. Oh, yeah, I got this. It's all me. This is about to be all me right here. I got this. <laughs> and I love that. And I love the fact that in that they wrote it so well, too, that they both simultaneously. He, of course, um, um, shoot. Jake. Jake, thank you. Jake calls her a bitch, of course. But of course. Kevin, it's just like she and but they said the same thing but don't you love it like one line meaning one thing to one person and another to the, another person but they said the exact same words she's crazy he was like she's crazy like I can't wait to dig in to see what that's all about I just love that shit. yeah I agree I thought it was super cute super funny very well done and I think they did a really great job of showing kind of even in this second year Kev is still going to have those struggles in an all-white kind of preppy school given the neighborhood that he's coming from even if he's you know kind of trying to click with because this girl Gemma and Kev are giving me Jerick, Jerica and Brandon vibes so it is going to be that still 
these two kind of star-crossed lovers from different communities trying to make it work. But I think I'm liking where they're going with it. And, uh, you know, and I think this actually was very well done. Jake is kind of in the mix, but not overly, overly hood or obnoxious. So, he's, you know, so I think it's kind of pretty cool. And shout out to the chat. Thank you guys for watching us. Original24, shout out to you, our first official comment tonight. Uh, says, I wish Papa went to school with Kevin and Jake. Papa has been kind of left out of the crew this season. I totally agree with you on that. However, I think with the Ronnie taking refuge at his house and with Big Papa's father kind of coming into play and dealing with Ronnie, maybe we'll see Big Papa doing some other things a little bit on his own this season. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I do wish, I mean, I do kind of miss the three, the three of them kicking it, you know, but to some extent. Don't let not being in a school keep them from still like hanging out and, you know, doing stuff together, like planning stuff together outside of school hours. You know what I mean? It just shows their loyalty. to Pretty cool. Which I totally agree and love. So let's move on to Emmett, another sort of light character mm -hmm. this episode. Uh, so you guys are all right. Emmett is uh, sneaking in Sonny's uh, establishment on the down low. And for some reason, I mean, I don't, you know, like, I guess we've already talked about the slow pace, so I'm not going to trip on it, but like randomly, they're homeless now. Um, so I was like, when, could you, could you show me a scene with the landlord? Could you say you don't have some money? Could you do something? But that's just me. Okay, so, so we see him and Tiffany, um, you know, which is really interesting because, uh, you know, weed is becoming, you know, is actually legal in Illinois now. So she's out there singing weed, but I'm not quite sure, you know, is she a weed delivery person? I'm not, you know, I, I want a little bit, a few more questions about that. But uh, let's start with you, Chef Beans. How are you feeling about Emmett and Tiff and their whole plan to like, let's scheme on Jada and get up in her place? So with Emmett and Tiff, yes, they're trying to figure it out being that they're, they have a kid together, but you can see Emmett's glare when he's looking at Lala. Like he, he, he's putting up and dealing with Tiff, but I think Emmett's going to go back to his old, old ways. You feel me? Because it just doesn't seem like they're on the same page. Now we were talking about accountability earlier. I did like how Tiff kind of spoke to the mom, like, look, you're enabling him. I understand everything that's going on. I'm grateful for you holding this roof over our heads, but you're enabling him. Whenever he doesn't want to do something, he decides to go to sleep, you swoop in like superwoman. He's not going to be able to grow into the man he's supposed to be if you continue to do that. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. I just feel like Emmett and her, I just feel like it's going to be short-lived. That's, Why like, that's, are you saying that? I, you, you, saw the, you saw at the restaurant, Emmett, and they were looking at each other like, yo, I don't care about him being a hoe because he's going to be a hoe and whatever, whatever. We could talk about that. But why did you say, like, he's putting up with Tiffany? What is she doing that's so horrible except asking him to be a grown-ass man with a child? No, she, she's putting up with him with his his standards. Not saying, oh, I thought not you said yet. he's putting up with Tiff. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Like, but yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, I do mean that as well. I feel like he's putting up with Tiff because this level of accountability... He doesn't really, he, he kind of is one foot in, one foot out. Not saying it's a bad thing. We, we, we're, I, I believe we're on the same page as far as it's a good thing holding a person accountable. But I'm saying as far as how Emmett operates, that's more so what I'm getting at. How, how Emmett operates, he's kind of like, yeah, I hear you, I hear you. But, you know, Emmett still has his fast ways where he's going to do what he wants to do regardless. And he's going to lose his family. I um I kind of agree with Chef Beans on this one. I do feel like there uh, we haven't seen enough of the chemistry between their relationship. We've seen them smash, obviously, but we haven't really seen them have sort of fun times. We haven't really seen them sort of click. Most of the times, I recall she's always basically bitching at him. So right. and even to this day you know, every so often they come together for sex, but we don't see the same connection that we even saw with him as a friend with Keisha. And now he's, he's honestly, to me, he's having some sort of connection, connection with Lala, Dominique or whatever. And I felt some kind of way, honestly, about how Dominique was all up on him. So I'd be like, okay, you know what I'm saying? When she first 
came in there and she was like, oh, I'm not like those other chicks you're used to dealing with. Give the man some personal space. And I'm curious. And but Lauren, that turned him on. I mean, of course. You know what I'm saying? Like, who wouldn't be turned on by that? But she knows he with somebody. She came to him first talking about, you know, show me the D. So I feel like we have some kind of idea of where she is coming from, even though he clearly lives with somebody. But Lauren, yeah. what are your thoughts on uh, the whole Emmett and Tiff situation? Yeah, I agree with you. We really haven't seen any chemistry between them. I think between this season and last season, we saw one good moment where they actually sat down and had a conversation. But other than that, there's no hugs. There's no kisses. It's literally smoke a blunt and have sex. And I'm still confused if she's pregnant or not. Like, because how, how much more weed are you going to smoke with a pregnant baby? Um, so I guess that storyline is gone. And I'm also so confused as to, like you said, they didn't, he, he just had an apartment that he completely furnished and painted and now it's just gone. They couldn't have said, man, times was rough. I couldn't pay rent anymore. You know, anything. I, I don't like that hole. And I'm also wondering what kind of age difference are they trying to make between Dominique and Emmett? Because low key, Dominique could be his mama. So I'm just trying to figure out, like, you know, like, I'm just trying to figure out all of it, really. I agree. Okay, shout out to the chat. And I think, uh, you know, uh, Kitty is probably, you know, trying to get her pool situation, but she'll be back, I'm sure. Um, but shout out to um, Boomin uh, Takura. I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, but a lot of the people in the chat are making the same points that Lauren is making, which is the same point I was about to make. Uh, what happened to the magical baby? Is she pregnant? Is she not pregnant? Like, what? Can, can we at least show the girl having a miscarriage or doing something? But yeah, so they're totally. And uh, shout out to Rachel. Rachel made the comment earlier, and I think this has to do with the pregnancy and some of the other storylines is that this uh, season feels almost like a spinoff because it's almost like season two didn't happen. They're not really referencing Brandon. They're not referencing some of the storylines that even were going through with Tiffany. You know, Darnell had a thousand kids and a wife. Now he's just divorced. We don't see any of Emmett's 25 siblings anymore. There are several different storylines that sort of just evaporated. And uh, so that part, although we all are feeling the show, is a little disconcerting but you know maybe you know we're only the third episode in so maybe they'll bring it tie us all back together um okay so oh now this is interesting dawn makes a good point i was about to say that dawn first of all i feel like they have lala out here like black don't crack and they're trying to make it seem like she's close to emma's age but dawn brings out the point that she loves Lala, but we're not going to act like she's anywhere near close to Emma's age. And that's the part that's kind of crazy because it's like, okay, is she young and just trying to, you know, look all right. cool with these cornrows? Or are they really trying to make it seem like she's in her early 20s? I, I hope not. This. Like, I hope not. Come on now. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And original, um, oh no, original 54 says Emma will get caught. I think a customer will come in during the day. Tell Sunny that the food is better at night. <gasps> yes. yes. I think so too. Yes. So this, let's, okay, let's ask Chef Beans on this one since he's got the mental cuisine. What would, what did you think about uh, Sunny at whole kind of Dominique gonna come in there and talk about his chicken like that? Like, what were your thoughts? Well, I think no, Sunny was making a particular point or the writers were trying to make a point about how new people want things to change as in I'm thinking our movement, our protest and older people want things to kind of stay the same. What do you think? Yeah, it was so many different entendres in that scene, in this whole episode, but definitely exactly. in that scene. But if I'm gonna just look at it like objectively, I thought it was disrespectful, not just because I manage a restaurant, but come on, how are you gonna come into my establishment and be like, this could taste better. Uh, you can leave. And if you don't want it, just straight like that. Like, we're not going to play these games. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think if we tap back into like that older way of living to bring back up the restaurant that I manage, there is an older woman who works there. And regardless to what position you have, some older people, I, I use some loosely, are so stuck in their ways that 
there's no changing them. You get what I'm saying? So, I agree. so yeah, like I, I thought they were trying to get portray a lot of different things with that and how us as young millennials, Generation Z, whatever you want to say, we're supposed to sometimes just say, yes, you got or okay, you're right, but no, like I'm also going to speak on how I feel. So it's just, we're going to have to agree to disagree. But I didn't think she should have came in there and told him that his food wasn't whatever. But maybe yeah. this could have been an opportunity for him to kind of be like, maybe I could enhance it. So Who knows? But it was like a tug of war type situation. Yeah, I agree. Lauren? What are your thoughts yes. about sort of all of this? Emma, Dominique, and how to yes. Dominique Lala. I thought, I thought it was so disrespectful for her to come in too. And she actually, she really said, I wanted to see how the chicken tastes during the day. So it's kind of like, well, what would it taste like at night? You know, um, I did think that was disrespectful. Now, if she wanted to tell Emmett, hey, look, tell your man to use some buttermilk. Maybe, maybe that could have been a better way to help him out. But I definitely don't, I really hope that the writers aren't trying to make Lala his age, at least maybe like 30s and her, her early 30s, you know, because she could play a good cougar. But if they try to make them the same age, it's just not working out for me. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I'm not clear really what they're trying to do because she's coming hard. Like, I feel like she's coming. I think she's definitely sending out the signals because she's the one who's like well I'm not used to the I'm like not like the women you've been messing with or whatever that little yeah. I mean she makes she every so far every time she's you know she's coming hard and I think especially if he to me I don't know is she not aware and I guess I'll ask both of you this do you think Tiffany knows about Dominique no not at all no not at all <laughs> Nah, because like I said, Tiffany and Emma's relationship is, it's got like, they're just, they're putting up with each other. That's what it seems like. It doesn't seem like a, a genuine relationship. It's kind of like, we got a kid. We trying to figure it out. Like we said earlier, I believe you said, Erica, you see how Emmett responds to Keisha. You see how Emmett responds to Dominique. When it comes to Tiff, it's kind of like, I'm, I'm sorry, babe. Let's smash, smash, smash. Which we know happens in married relationships. Y'all have a problem. Y'all smash and y'all act like thing. But the problem just keeps reoccurring. That's what's happening between them. Yes, I agree. I agree. Uh, so a little bit of what's going on in the chat. Original 24 said, I would have preferred if Dominique was more business-minded. She was acting too thirsty towards Emmett when she came in and made the comment about the chicken and buttermilk. I totally agree. Honestly, I don't know if I want to quite go as far as to say thirsty. But from day <laughs> one, when she had that man pull his drawers down on her mm. soup, we already knew what she was on. I mean, I think that's kind of, you know, hopefully it would be interesting if they play her as a cougar because I feel like it just would be make more sense and kind of wait, honestly be more realistic. Wait, can I um, can I ask something as well? So no, what just came up to my mind, so let's say Key, um, Dominique is older than Emmett by at least 10 to 15 years. A lot of times when we watch this on media, it's kind of normalized that, oh, the cougar and the young boy. And we laugh it off and keep it pushing. But when it's the older man and the younger woman, that's when it becomes predatory behavior. So maybe this could be another thing that they're trying to bring full circle. Like it's, of course, Emmett is over the age of 18. I'm not saying that, but it's just, it's just normalized because Keisha is technically over 18 as well. So we don't know if she's just dealing with an older guy or if she just got kicked. Like we, we don't know, but I think that's another narrative that just came to mind to me because not at once, we don't know the age of Dominique, but we're still like, oh, whatever. You get what I'm saying? It's just, it's yeah. just normalized. You're yes. reaching. You're, you're reaching. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. All right. Shout out. The chat is blowing up. Now, this is where they got to say. Now, I, I didn't, you know, I, I'm not going, whatever. But the, one of the comments that's getting some laughs is that Dominique so far is just a waste of a character. And she has Dang. no substance or value to the show. All right. But she does add good food and recipes, which clearly was lacking <laughs> because we know Emmett couldn't cook and apparently Sunny's chicken is just borderline. So right now we're kind of, you know, we're just getting a feel for her, but I do feel like she's not quite cooking as of yet. Um, now let's move on to 
Nina and Dre, because we see a little bit more of Nina and we're seeing a little bit more of Dre in that relationship, which is kind of a change from the norm. Uh, she's always kind of been in the background, but now with Keisha being missing and we see uh, Tracy, Tracy from season yes. one comes back. Shout out to like, everybody looks like Lala to me. All right. But uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, they kind of resemble. This is how they wanted it. Like, whatever. I'm not going to make any uh, colorism comments, but it's certainly people looking a lot alike on this show right now. Okay. So what are your guys' thoughts about kind of the mother's group and Tracy? And that was kind of a nice um, scene to see the visual for Keisha. Kind of what are you all feelings about sort of Nina and Dre and kind of their interactions? Uh, you know, that's my daughter. You're not going to tell me whatever. And kind of how they are working together, um, I guess, is this sort of you know, catastrophe, this horrific situation, going to bring them together or pull them apart. So let's start with you, Lauren. What are your thoughts? Ooh, to be honest, I was waiting for that shoe to drop that she's not your daughter, she's mine. I feel like at some point or another, it happens with every single step parent. You know, when you first get together and you get married or even a relationship, you're like, yes, these are my children. I want you to treat them like they're yours. Welcome them with open arms. But if they say something you disagree with and you don't want your child to listen to that parent, then, then all of a sudden it's not your child anymore. And um, it's, 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 it sucks. You know, Dre's over here thinking, I, I thought I was part of this family. And then Nina's like, pause, they're not really yours. So um, that was a that was a great scene to watch because it's very realistic. But I also I just wish Nina would just be just a little softer. You know what I mean? And right. and that I hate when and thank goodness they're not they're not overdoing it like uh, Grey's Anatomy. But I just hate when they make the dark skinned women so tough and so strong that she can't accept help from anyone because that's not true. That's not how everyone is. Um, so I wish she would just kind of let some of her walls down and just let Dre help her, let Tracy help her, because they genuinely want to help her. Um, and I'm glad we got to see Tracy again. I see they're keeping some characters around. But um, as, as far as, you know, the whole trying to find them, I think they are trying to find Keisha, my bad. They all need to get on one page. Everyone needs to get on one page and try and work together at this point. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that it's interesting because I totally agree with you. In every sort of step-parent situation, there is that moment, I think, early on or in the beginning of, you know, once you're first combining your family with someone that you're like, okay, yeah, these are my kids and not your kids. So I thought it was kind of an interesting way they handled that issue. Um, I think, uh, you know, and it's the whole thing about the pictures and who wants to look at the pictures, but I like the way they're kind of sort of working through it. What I find interesting, I think, or almost frustrating is I mentioned in the beginning about the sort of the dualities of the investigations. I kind of want Kev to like, let his mom know, like, yeah, she was dealing with this thug and I went there with Jake, you know, I mean, I know whatever, you know, I don't want them to like just come out and say it, but I kind of want them sort of to come a little bit together as a team. Uh, Chef Bean, let me ask you this. One, um, what are your thoughts sort of like about that issue where it's kind of like everybody's sort of doing their own investigation? And I get that Lena doesn't want any police, but personally, I feel like if she's going to be gone all season, I'm going to need an FBI, I'm going to need an agent of some sort. I hate to be like that, but I'm a true crime person. I need someone to be investigating some. But um, Beans, what are your thoughts, I guess, about the whole dynamics involving the uh, hunt for Keisha? Um, I think you hit it on the nose. And no, one, no one's on the same page because we start off, okay, we're handing out flyers, kind of how episode two ended. But boom, let's go to this group. And in the group, there were a few different conversations happened. The piggyback one we was talking about earlier, yes, we'd like to help her, but she seems a little promiscuous, which is passive and dismissive of the whole case. But then, like you said, you got the crime fighter, the, the little rascal crime fighters, where they, it seemed like they're covering a lot of ground as well, but there's no camaraderie. And the simple fact that Emmett was withholding the login information, it's like, do you really want to help her or not? Because she's been missing for a week, 
but you have her login information, which can help people take stuff. It's it just, it's, it's, it's all over the place. That's, that's what I feel like. So if everyone was like, okay, cool, you got this, I got that. There's a sex rink over here. This, that, maybe we can unravel some clues. I don't know, but Ronnie, last minute, we saw Ronnie saw this random guy at, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still just waiting to see how it's unraveled. Exactly. So let's move on to that as we close it out. The, the random guy. So here is my thoughts on that because I watch like so much crime stuff. So what I, that's the one thing I have way is a little bit too on the nose, as I always say. But one of the things I like about it is because every sort of serial killer thing, and this again, this could be Lena's red herring, but every single serial killer show is Anyone who takes someone, abducts someone, murders someone, a lot of times they go back to the scene. They always want to come to the vigils and stuff. So yes. I think it's interesting if we finally, oh my God, I mean, I hate to get too excited, but do we have a storyline for Ronnie? Okay, so <laughs> I'm like, is this good? It possibly be true. Finally, Ronnie is not just drinking his life away. Um, although, you know, he might occasionally get some pity puss. But so... <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was a funny line. I was laughing. Yeah, I loved that. That was one of the best lines I want to say that they've written in a minute, to be honest with you. So I was like, oh, okay, you know. But uh, so it was interesting. Ronnie notices her, and notices him. She notices the white man. So I feel like that was kind of a good point in the vigil. I mean, it was a little obvious, you know what I'm saying? Because clearly, you know, we got the white man serial killer and there are other white people out there. <laughs> but um, I kind of like that. Uh, so before we get out of here, let's talk about sort of, since we're bringing up the pity pee, let's talk about sort of the uh, kind of love montage that they had at the end. I love the music. It was so cute. And then we see, uh, we see Trig and Imani. Now they didn't go all the way there yet, but we see them getting close. We see Maisha and Papa. We see, uh, we see Jada getting her swerve on with her Latino lover. Or, well, he's not her Latino lover yet, because he, you know, it's not a date. And uh, we see Ronnie leaving some flowers. So Lauren, what are your thoughts about the ending closing love montage? I thought it was a nice way to end. Um, you know, every everyone, well, I guess it kind of ended with him chasing the guy, the guy in the red, but the love montage was cute. Um, you know, the, the flowers, I was like, okay, Ronnie, finally stepping it up, doing something cute. And everyone had their little slow music, slow jams. I was like, okay, finally a nice, happy, you know, good moment in the show. Very much so, very much so. Well, you guys, thank you so much. Uh, that was episode three. Uh, you know, and I honestly, I, you know, I think we kind of, we went through it. We went through it with this episode. Yeah. So, uh, before we get out of here, let's have Lauren do our special segment, which is Shy Town Highlights. <laughs> yes. So this week for Shy Town Highlights, I did the one and only Shaka Khan, which happens to be her stage name. Her real name is Yvette Marie Stevens. And she um, was the 1970s lead vocalist for the funk band Rufus. She later on went to have her own solo career. She won several awards, um, ranging for best R&B vocal performance by a duo group, by a duo or group, as well as just best R&B vocal performance in the female category. Um, she was also a member of the Black Panthers for a while. She's had hit songs like I Feel For You and Tell Me Something Good. Um, she was raised in, raised in Hyde Park, which we've heard Erica talk about before. Um, and let's see, there, there's a lot. She's done a lot, basically. I know um, we only have a minute left, but Shaka Khan, I felt like she was a great person because she's an amazing vocalist. You know, she was part of an amazing movement, the Black Panthers. She's won a bunch of um, awards and she, I think she was, performed at the 2018 um, Super Bowl halftime show. So, you know, she's still doing some things. She's a little up there in age, so she's slowing down a little bit now, but 
put some respect on Miss Shaka Khan's name. Yes, because I feel for you. All right, you guys, before we get out of here, let's do quickly, you know, random bullet style. Let's get a prediction in before we go. Um, all right, you guys, so let's do a little prediction. All right, Chef Beans, take it away. All right, I feel like Ronnie's storyline is going to build it with his hunt chasing after this mysterious white dude. All right, go ahead for it, Lauren. Dang, that was gonna be mine. Okay, well, I'll say <laughs> if that if that happens, hopefully that means next episode we will find out what happened to Keisha. Is she still alive? Is she gone? Is she stuck in someone's basement? I agree. All right, for me, um, since I guess mine isn't more so a prediction as of this is what I've heard on my other after buzz. Uh, TV shows, but next week we will see Candy Burris, and I know she's playing a role of Duda's ex. And my understanding is she has some very hot and heavy um, bisexual Beans, love scenes. Yes, so that mm -hmm. should be fun and amazing. So you guys, thank you so much again. Shout out to the chat. Thank you guys so much for keeping it popping. Thank all of you guys for watching us here at Afterbuzz and making us the ESPN of TV talk. Like comment subscribe continue to subscribe after you know after our live chat here and if you're listening to us on itunes or spotify then give us those five stars baby all right you guys before we get out of here folks uh let's start off with you chef beans where can they find you and what would you like to promote you can find me on all social media platforms at chef underscore beans and if you want more information especially on these cool shirts chefbeans.com Oh, yes. I want to search so bad, so I will hit you up. All right, OG Lauren Hubbard, where can they find you, Chica? You can find me on Instagram at Lauren the Truth, and you can check out my website, lauren-patricia.com, which is also on my Instagram at Lauren the Truth. And although she'll be back shortly or next week, um, certainly some shout outs to Kitty Kaboom on both Instagram and Twitter. And I am your host, Erica Edwards. You can catch me here um, on AfterBuzz at 2 p.m. if you happen to watch Perry Mason on HBO because we're getting down with that. And you can follow me on all of my social media at Erica, E-R-I-K-A, D as in Dor Edwards. And uh, that's it for this week, you guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. And see you guys again next week, same time, same place. Ciao for now, folks. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.